We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Greetings. Uh, welcome back to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column Podcast. I'm Camille. I'm here with Matt. Uh, also Michael. Wow. And we do it's, the Fifth Column. It's weekly podcast. Just, I mean, unbelievable. And, and I mean, it, you know, just a little, this week is probably a little less exciting than most weeks. Uh, there's some union stuff going yeah. on involving the President of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, gone, which is yeah, amazing. You know, her, her remarkable yeah, tenure yeah. as the yes. Speaker of the House um, is over. This is the end of an era. Um, and uh, Jeffers, a guy named Jeffers, who apparently does something in New York, and um, he's in charge now. So that'll be interesting. We can talk he gets about so that. Depressed um, when a lot of things happening in China. A lot of things happening. He yeah. gets so uh, he gets depressed. Well, I it's well, so I mean, sad. I certainly, I certainly hate that. Um, <laughs> and everyone does, obviously. Uh, and I mean, not really much else going on. Like the Warnock campaign, Warnock yeah. is uh, is coming to a head, and we'll have to see how that goes. Very close race there uh, being run with Warnock and Herschel Walker. And I think that's about it. That's probably yeah. the headline. So I, I don't know, guys. Uh, what else? Uh, well, not what else. I don't really want you to just kind of jump out there. Uh, not I hope everybody's yeah. well. You know, uh, yeah. fantastic. Feeling pretty good. Do Tomorrow's you know, Leah's birthday, which is great. Do you Happy know, birthday, I, baby. Um, I'm going to say something about Leah in a second. Yeah. Do you know, Matt and I went to um, Israel recently. Yeah. Uh, little yeah. Trip, little trip. Yeah. Um, That's good. And I got we love a, the Israeli people here on yeah, the fifth column. I got a message. Uh, from <laughs> yeah. the Zionists. Mm-hmm. That's, what they, that's what they call themselves. Yeah. I just, it's like a, it's like a WhatsApp group and yeah. it's called the Zionists. Uh-huh. And uh, I put it in, I put it in Google translate cause it was yeah. in Hebrew and it said, um, here are your orders for the fifth mm-hmm. call tonight. And I'm like, how do they know about the, how do they recording tonight? And I realized, Oh my God, they know yep. everything. Yeah. Um, and I passed this along to Camille. I just gotta be upfront about this. Uh, I passed it along to Camille um, and he got pretty low energy because yeah. of it. He was like, oh my God, the Zionists are, they're mad at us. And I was like, yep, they are because you're a big fan of, uh, Kanye. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Ye. Some people don't call him Ye, which they, sh- yay, yeah. whatever. Yes, yay. They call him like, you know what? There's there, you murder someone and you're trans. They make sure when they, in the murder, like the person who shot up the yeah. fucking thing in Colorado in the headlines, you're like, they shot a bunch yeah. of people yeah. and they, they abide by that. As a murderer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we should abide by yay or yay. I don't know. Ying and yay. <laughs> and make sure to call him. Is he's a him, right? Yes. Okay. Making sure. Yeah. Um, and say that what he did <laughs> is really bad. And the reason <laughs> we're saying that is because we've got a note from Zionism. Mm-hmm. Zionism said no. It's like the Zimmerman telegram. The Zionism is that the telegram. one in the, the, the Netanyahu puppet one? The, the, Dude, that is the craziest. I mean, I honestly, like when you make Alex Jones uncomfortable, he's like, all right, um, okay. Right. I guess he's a comedian too. All right. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, Nick Fuente, like when you're deferring to Nick Fuentes to save the day, uh, when Kanye is literally wearing a gimp mask yeah. and pretending to be Netanyahu, who, by the way, he says, he's like, I just heard about him two weeks ago. I was like, he's yes. the longest serve- serving uh, leader in, in the, the world. world yeah. I think he's like, in in the free world, yeah, well, yeah, yeah like elected leader, yeah, and uh, um, I mean, if Israel is, he just took, took a little time off, took a little took, time off, took a little time off, yeah. So yeah. obviously, you guys want to talk about the whole Kanye West. I just want to talk about why you're week, low energy. Which, you know, there's just been a few things. Uh, I mean, do you know how many people emailed us and were like, "Is Camille going to finally acknowledge that his boy, like, literally 
come get your boy, yeah. Camille, was a lot of yeah. emails uh, <laughs> because he's finally uh, uh, revealed himself for the 40th time, finally, yeah. for the 40th time to be an anti-Semitic lunatic. So. He, he has, he, I am, I am not happy this week. <laughs> Uh, yeah. One of my my yeah. my all time favorite artists, um, a man who has shaped the culture, uh, yes. not just in the United States but around the world for the last two decades. Really, just it put his imprint on it. The world would be a different place, a less special place, but for the contributions of one Kanye West. Um, I am very sad that he is falling apart so very publicly. And making such a fool of himself and completely decimating his own legacy and certainly eviscerating his personal fortune. And it's not as though his reputation was so spotless, but mm. damn it, this is a bad week to be a Kanye West fan. Was it the... Um, um, and a Jew. That's <laughs> also a bad week. Was I it mean, the, I, I'd was say, it the I like Hitler quote, <laughs> or was it the Hitler has yeah. a lot of redeeming qualities? One. I, I think, I think it's a Hitler invented I mean, the, did. That was awesome. The week, the week started, yes, yeah. the week started, the week started, um, or at least where Kanye West is concerned <laughs> with him showing up at Tim Pool's, I guess, house yeah. slash recording studios, someplace in it's Maryland. Beanie Studios. Um, and he showed up there yeah. with, uh, with, with other uh, Fuentes yeah. and and uh, Milo Yiannopoulos in tow and real uh, just an all star cast and complete fucking losers <laughs> and grifters. Great, yeah. And the appearance lasted twenty minutes, um, and it ended rather abruptly because Kanye decides, you know what? Uh, if I can't talk about the various bad things Jewish people are doing to me here freely without you uh, perhaps interrupting me or disagreeing, I'm going to leave. And he leaves the set. And that was not good. That was bad. I mean, and I thought to myself when that happened, God, this is terrible. But, you know, it can't get any worse than this because where else can he go? Like he just yeah. left Timcast and he walked off the set. Who would have him on their program now? What will well, I got a, I got a couple of years for you. And you know, it didn't even dawn on me. It yeah. didn't occur to me because he kept tweeting afterwards and the tweets were not great tweets. But yeah. you know what? Fine, Kanye, just don't talk to anyone else in public now. You know, there was this image that was floating around of him sitting in a, a restaurant, like in, in Frederick, Maryland, with a young girl who came over to take a photo with him. And I said, this is just, this photo is sad. He looks he makes sad. me look He's not going to do any more media after like, this. Guy owns and, a fashion empire. <laughs> that, is not, that is not true. He, he, previous owner of a fashion empire. At this point, yeah. he's, he's making stuff in a, a sweatshop. Um, from like thrift shop clothes that he's just ironing uh, logos onto, which is just, this is bad. I mean, in one of the actual press shots um, that I saw, uh, I think he was outside of a synagogue where he had just attended service and the Wait, logo was, this? was like falling off of his shirt while he talked to the press. This was, he, he I think it was a Saturday and Sunday um, that just passed. He went to a synagogue one day and then the next day he went to like a regular church. He was Did just attending he was service. There? Yeah. The pastor came over and talked to him. He talked to him afterwards. It's not um, called a pastor, by the way. But anyway, did, were you well, sure he wasn't there trying to burn it down? A church and, a, and a synagogue. So he would have he seen was, a rabbi and a pastor. 
Wait, so it's one of those pl- places that has a Taco Bell and a Pizza Hut in one place? <laughs> no, it's two different places. He's, oh, he's okay. attending many places of worship. <laughs> he, was wearing, he was wearing a USA puffer jacket while he was oh. attending these events because, you know, this is the yay 24 because yeah. he planned to run for president. Do you think he'll get the Jewish He still does. I mean, Pat you, Buchanan managed it in 2000 in certain parts I, of Florida. I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. And I'm, I suppose I'm just belaboring all this, but eventually he shows up on Alex Jones and I discover it while I'm in a meeting and the damn thing is nearly over. And I, in the meeting, like just kind of stop paying attention, quietly slip in an uh, Apple iPod, um, AirPod headphones. Like the yeah, I was say. <laughs> and, and I listen just a little bit and I tune in just in time to hear him giving a prayer, just passionately, earnestly giving a prayer and Alex Jones kind of muttering things in the background. And I said, this, this doesn't seem good. Uh, and it was only afterwards that I saw, yeah. that I saw clips and yeah. snippets of various things. And I'll just say this, that none of it makes me happy. Um, there are moments in there where it seems obvious to me that like the the yay that I think I know is in there, and he is being attempting to be, I think, maximally inclusive and to live out the charge in Matthew chapter five, where Here it says like bless your enemies. And there For are other bits Hitler. of it that seem that was the part of the utterly Matthew. insane. Yeah, I like the best, sure. I mean, it's it's in there. Love, Love your, your enemies, bless them that curse you. Do he, good to them do that, for like, that hate you and pray for, like for them, rice, rice? which despitefully use you. This is in the scriptures. This yeah, is just, what he's trying he to do. Does he do that for, for like anti-black racists, like well, virulent anti-black racists? I mean, does he, the real question is, does he do it for anyone who comes within five feet of his ex-wife? And the general answer no. to that question is no. no. Uh, so he's all have sinned and fallen yeah, short. You're going Def Con yeah. 3 against uh, people. Is, that, that, he doesn't that, know. Oh, sorry, he doesn't know what that means. Three. Exactly. Yes, he know. Um, <laughs> but when you're doing that, is that usually yeah. an expression, uh, like translation of uh, of the Book of Matthew in your in your experience? Listen, as I said, he's he acknowledges his imperfections. <laughs> he is a he's a fallen yeah. man. He is a um, fucking but in, but in all seriousness, loon. there's a famous moment. It, there's a famous moment in April, early April of 1945, where Hitler is in the bunker and he's like, you know what? I'm not a perfect yeah. man. And this is I little known, little known that he was like, I'm imperfect. I, I, I did perpetrate the Holocaust. We all make mistakes. I really just wanted to be inclusive, yep. except for with the Jews. And Gypsies. by the way, it is. That is not what Kanye was. If it said. was not, by the way, if it was not, mm. I'm serious about this. If it was, if, if this was a man who just learned this, he pretends he, you know, he had just heard of Benjamin Netanyahu the other day. And you think he was pretending? I, I I don't know. I don't He's know. He's not pretending to one ahead. But the thing about it is he, doesn't he, know gets, anyway. he has <laughs> the cadence. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've been very sick, so I'm trying to like, you know, muscle my way through this. Yeah. He has the cadence of like a very, very studied anti-Semite. He knows all of the cadences. He knows all of the call-outs. He, you know, when he's like for some reason, for some reason. The constant invocation of the Emmanuel family, like Ari Emanuel, Rahm Emanuel, these Jews that control things, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, he does say that something very funny, he doesn't realize it's funny because he's too stupid, is that uh, he says something about, uh, Alex Jones responds to him and he's like, you know, Jews or whatever. And Alex Jones, who is clearly uncomfortable with it, is not covering himself in glory very, either. Very uncomfortable. He's very uncomfortable, but he's but these people are all blown away 
by fame and money. That's the only reason he's there. He's a lunatic. There's something wrong with him. He's clearly anti-Semitic. There's like, there's just no, I mean, there's no way around it. The guy's an anti-Semite. Yeah. Uh, whether some, whether or not it's because thoughts. of some some sort of psychological disorder or not doesn't make a difference. He is that, yet he is being entertained by people like Alex Jones. The only reason that Nick Fuentes' character is there because he's getting some fame out of it and they like being in the proximity of, pe- of a person who has that much money. There's uh, the picture of them ha- on the- Had. Past had, but he's still flying the PJ with Milo and him. I mean, these guys are thinking it's the time of their lives. They love being around this- kind of, you know, notorious person. They're all notorious themselves, but he's notorious and rich, which is, you know, the what they wish they Ish. were. Yeah. And there's a funny bit where where, you know, um uh he gets he he understands how to talk about it where where uh Jones says something about you know, Jews, you're talking about Jews and he's like, "No, no, Alex, Zionists." Yeah. Which is he hilarious. Does. Because he doesn't know what a Zionist is. He, like, doesn't, he doesn't know, know who, who Theodore Herzl is. He knows <sighs> that it's a code word for Jew when you're in trouble. I mean, not everybody who's an anti-Zionist is an anti-Semite. But every anti-Semite is an anti-Zionist, right? So they, <laughs> they, they do it in this way that, no, 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 I'm just talking about Zionists. I'm just talking about Zionists. It's like, do you even know what Zionism is? Does it, do you know anything about the state of Israel? Do you know about the Zionist movement, the cause, whether or not it's a good? There are Jewish anti-Zionists. There still exists. There were Jewish anti-Zionists in the 20s and 30s and 1890s and when Herzl was formulating this, this idea and being the modern version of this idea. But he's just saying that because he knows he gets in trouble with Jews, but he forgets about it too. And then goes on these long rants about Jews. And he also says, you know, the facts are, are wrong about the Holocaust. Well, it's because he's hanging around with Nick Fuentes, who's a Holocaust and iron and neo-Nazi. Yes. And yeah. so you can convince this fucking moron of anything. And, and I understand, Camille, that you love well, any, him as an Anything artist. in a particular direction. In a particular direction. And yes. I know you love him as an artist. And I know this is disappointing to you. But I do want you to acknowledge, and you have acknowledged in the past, that the man can be musically very talented mm-hmm. and also a complete fucking moron. I, I mean, I've, Yes. That's easy. His mother's an English professor, which is what surprises me. Right? Yeah. I, I think there's... Uh, <laughs> it's look, like, there's, there's come from There are idiots. bits of this... Yeah, I'm not interested in uh, trying to trying to defend. Like, the the awful stuff that he said, I don't, I don't need to defend the <laughs> just weird, crass stuff about Zionists. Like, I don't need to defend that. I do, I do feel like at some point, like, when we talk about someone who does obviously seem to be in some kind of mental distress and is engaging in behavior that is obviously self-destructive. Like any sane person would recognize that continuing to do this is to your disadvantage. And it's, it's interesting to contrast this with SBF, the former CEO of um, FXT, uh, the, the now defunct um, or at least bankrupt um, and going through some sort of restructuring crypto company um, who has we talked to like the New York Times at their deal book conference over the weekend? Um, <clears throat> uh, that it's interesting to contrast these two men who are embattled in the midst of a swirl of controversy, and both of whom are determined to talk to the press despite what everyone would recommend is kind of the right thing to do. I go to ground, shut the fuck up. Don't say anything and just try to preserve yourself for a moment. 
Uh, Kanye, at least prior to earlier this week, per what he said about uh, his taxes that may be due, which he doesn't seem to have the capacity to pay, um, and he's fearful that he may be facing some sort of jail time, didn't seem to be facing any sort of criminal charges related to his current antics. Um, SPF is in a slightly different situation, but it's interesting to to contrast the two of them because one of them seems to be operating in a way that's tactical and is choosing their words carefully. Mm. And the other is showing up on Alex Jones podcast in a, a full face covering with zippers over his eyes that are shut mm. and props, a yoo-hoo and a net mm-hmm. to do a comedy routine while sitting next to one of the most controversial people in America. And then he calls Laura Loomer on his cell phone. Or no, has, she asks calls, her to call she calls, him. She calls him. Yeah, asks her to call him. And but she probably the, does because she's been watching. I the mean, best part of that is Alex Jones is like, uh, how did she have your number? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because we talk. Yeah. It, and it's actually, did you did you hear what he said? We talk. She called me because she wanted to, to call me to express some concern about Milo Yiannopoulos being in charge of my political campaign, which... If you need someone to tell you that Milo Yiannopoulos is probably not the right person to be running your political campaign, again, this is a person whose judgment is severely impaired. And I just don't think he was always this way. And I, that's a long way of saying, when does like mental illness come into a, a account and be something that is worth acknowledging when we're condemning you for the bad? I mean, I think everybody, like, everybody oh, right acknowledges it. Yeah. But, uh, and. Not not everybody. I hear a lot of people saying shit like and seeing a lot of posts like mental illness doesn't matter. He's a mental trash illness human. is not an excuse. Trash. He is trash. He's absolutely a piece of yeah. human garbage. Who's a great rapper? I don't like that. I don't I'm like sorry. That. I don't I'm sorry. Like that, he's a, a piece yeah. of human. You you absolutely do I won't not have to hand that. it to Hitler. People, you just don't. People aren't trash. Trash. You are <laughs> handing it trash. to Hitler. If there was no Hitler, Matt, there'd be no microphones. <laughs> if there was no microphones, there'd be no problem. Uh, he made a dark, <laughs> twisted fantasy and college dropout and graduation. Can we just? This is bad and it's sad. Can we just mourn? You can mourn, and can I mourn for that? you by extension, Camille. But Fuck. I also appreciate him as an example to people who have been cosplaying for seven years, eight years about the JQ, you know, people who've been like, mm. I'm going to brush up right up to the edges of thrilling, uh, you know, ultra, ultra anti-Semitism and kind of like tap dance around it and see how far you can go. Or mm-hmm. I'm doing something similar that has nothing to do with anti-Semitism in itself, but is ridiculous conspiracy theories about a secret cabal of a power center that looks over the world. What's the connection from your standpoint between that and what is going because um uh it's a similar mindset it's a similar mistake um it's a similar way to grab certain types of audiences you can uh if you're good at it you can make a lot of money um you can thrill yourself just as a participant because it's always uh exciting to be like what's his name uh, michael the french comedian who does the canal right uh like right like where is the thing that i cannot say i'm going to say that and then you keep sort of daring yourself. We've seen this. I mean, Stuart Rhodes, this might seem a little bit um, uh, of a of a abstraction, but I don't think it is. Stuart Rhodes, uh, the guy who is just uh, convicted of seditious conspiracy, which is a pretty interestingly weird um, uh, charge that he was convicted of and other people were not in, in, in terms of January 6th. Mm-hmm. And Jacob Solomon has a great piece of reason trying to dissect all that stuff. Um, 
Stuart Rhodes was not saying super crazy things 10 years ago when he was being interviewed by Radley Balka for Reason Magazine and a a piece that Radley has uh, washed his hands of and said that he made a mistake platforming him back then. I disagree with him about that. I was the editor who commissioned it, so maybe I'm myself interested in doing that but he um uh wasn't it only makes sense if he was espousing views like that and he wasn't i'm not sure i don't know and he actually he he wasn't i mean uh, um it it changed over time and the change is interesting um and uh but what happens to people when they're starting from a pretty bold position and Stuart rhodes was that the oath keepers the oath keepers the idea of it was that we are going to uh encourage people who have um, who are cops and military people, people who have um, the authorization for the use of deadly force in the name of the government, we are going to encourage them to disobey unconstitutional orders, which could be a pretty kind of interesting, kind of cool, if you look at it, type of thing, right? If they're, if military is told to do something it absolutely should not do, that's a violation of the Constitution, or a cop is more likely, um, you kind of want them to be thinking about the Constitution a bit more than they would have otherwise. Um but it was also kind of an extreme position at the time. People who go up against a bit of an extremism and get some notoriety um, sometimes can then say, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step? And then also, uh, of course, get influenced by whatever external thing is happening in the culture and politics. And certainly Trump is a huge X factor with that, not just for the Stuart Rhodes of the world, but also Kanye. I mean, he's been wearing the MAGA hat for quite a while. He actually did run for president and come in 11th place or whatever in 2020 without really doing anything <laughs> about it. Um, but, uh, there's a whole, uh, uh, ecosystem of people, including the idiots who are around Kanye now, who, including Alex Jones, who like flirt with this stuff, who try, some of them try to, um, in the better case, um, uh, kind of get close to it, but don't really, uh, cross completely over the line. Nick Fuentes is obviously not in that category. He's just over the line. Um, and I think that looking at Kanye, I mean, the fucking house GOP, had on its Twitter account for two fucking months until three days ago, mm-hmm. Kanye, Elon, Trump. They were fucking right. psyched because, because, about this. But, but on and account that of, whole, yeah, but on account of his celebrity. On account of his right. celebrity, but also which, on which account of like, oh, he's saying pretty crazy things, but they're crazy things that could overlap a little bit with our, what we like. And right. so we like that because they're going to be like serious free speechers. Actually, that tweet should be printed out and put up on uh you know printed in the museum <laughs> that is what you're doing that's governance that's 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 conservatism yeah. that's an ideology no the, fucker I, that's I cosplaying say, bullshit. I that and kanye's some... breakdown is a reminder that that type of cosplaying bullshit is in fact bullshit it's not what serious humans should ever fucking do so i'm in that sense can grateful. I, i'm I, sad yeah, for, yeah. for Camille's I, loss, but I'm grateful for the demonstration project that that entire line of thinking is just garbage. It is fucking garbage. I, can, I, I think can I enter one thing into the record quickly. I think this will one contribute thing. to it, Camille. To the thing I'm going to enter into the record? Because yes, I was just going to say that I there is a record of me saying explicitly, oh, oh, either maybe. on the podcast or on the independence at some point when the Kanye kind of showed, demonstrated some <laughs> inclinations towards Republicans, that it was a very bad idea to embrace him and imagine that he's going to be the avatar of your politics because he's going to be an unreliable ally. He's so, going to do whatever the hell he wants to do. That's and the it's likely yes. to backfire. It's not even embracing the politics, right? It's not about it embracing what Kanye stands for. It's about embracing Kanye because of who he is and what he represents. This is what I was going to add, which is actually relevant here. And I went to look 
uh, on the Twitter account, which by the way is never banned, of the neo-Nazi Richard Spencer, um, who apparently claims to have denounced Nazism or At something. Some point, he, right? he has indeed. Uh, yeah. And he's, he's like, he's, he's cl- made that claim. Yes. Yeah. And he, like his background is like a NATO logo <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is totally hilarious. Um, yeah, he's very pro-Ukraine now. That's but his he, whole deal. He tweets something from Right Wing Watch. And it is <laughs> some sort of uh, chat or something with Nick Fuentes. And then Right Wing Watch um, uh, tweet is this, to which Richard Spencer, I'll, I'll start with Richard Spencer, is saying, I think Nick Fuentes is telling the truth here. And I can absolutely see MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, acting in this way. And this is what he's responding to. After being disavowed by Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Nick Fuentes claims that just last week, MTG was texting Milo Yiannopoulos in an effort to arrange a meeting with Kanye West so she could, quote, appear cool and get attention. That's how he, that's what he, I mean, like the other options for so long have been fucking Ted Nugent <laughs> and Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah. I just know that he's a Scott person. Bayo. Don't yeah, like Scott, Scott Bayo. Don't Scott Bayo. Uh, 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 Dean Cain, who is like, I think like the brother of Herman Cain. I have no idea who he is. <laughs> Dean Cain like, was Superman. No, he wasn't. Superman and Lois. I've never heard of him. He was not. <laughs> if he was Superman, I would know about it. Um, Did, yeah. So, 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 yeah. So people want it, like they get too excited. Hence the tweet that Matt points out. They get so excited about having somebody who's not only, <laughs> um, you know, like the most famous rapper of all time at this point, but somebody who's a billionaire and somebody who's super famous and somebody who's married to Kim Kardashian for Christ. It's all past tense. All past I know, tense. Exactly. It's all past, past tense. tense which is, which is the thing. So Matt, I don't I, blow I understand, it up. I understand the point you were trying to make. The, the question <laughs> though, when it comes to Kanye in particular, like he's not saying these things to gain notoriety in any way, shape, or form. And even the way that he's saying them is unusual in ways that seem noteworthy and are routinely ignored. Like, it is absolutely true that the anti-Semitic tropes related to six million seems kind of high. <laughs> and the ridiculous continued mention of Zionism and the... Uh, uh, insertion of um, uh, various Jewish, prominent Jewish person's last names into different places in his remarks. All of that is obnoxious, bad, offensive. At the same time, this is a guy who keeps saying, I love Jewish people and I love everybody. It's, it's strange in a way that suggests that this is not a standard issue, anti-Semitic awfulness from some crazed white nationalist who is trying very, very hard to appeal to racist demagogues. This is a man who seems to be under some sort of duress and distress. And it does seem separate and apart from historic examples of the worst kinds of anti-Semitism. Is it unreasonable for me to to make that distinction? Can I be Donald Trump? Okay, you, you, ready for my you can, Trump? but I do want your serious answer. Yeah, to that. this is going to be a serious answer, but it's going to start with okay. a Donald Trump impression. Okay. Wrong. Um, <laughs> okay. The reason you're wrong, and there's Tell a number, me. there's a number of reasons you're wrong. Well, I, but, I'm asking you a question. Yeah, yeah no, no. I mean, yeah. but if it's like I love puppies, as I'm, I'm, I'm putting one in the ocean and drowning it, and saying, no, no, I just told you I love them, as the, as the life is sucked out of it. Yeah, that you would can be go bad. back. You can go back, and I'm, I'm very serious about this because I just came up against this. Fairly recently, I spend a lot of my free time 
um, which is very disturbing, particularly when I'm sick um, and have nowhere to go, reading about crazy people and their kind of crazy histories, and particularly in the 20th century. And one of the things that you come across once in a while is the um, manifestations of this prior to the Third Reich and after during the Nuremberg trial. But prior to it, it's, it's, you do have people saying, look, it's the finance Jews we don't like. It's, it's not, we don't have a problem with Jews. That's not the thing. Yes, they fought for us in World War I. Uh, some of them acted heroically. We'll allow some of them to live longer than others. We won't expel them first. But the problem we have is, is the finance Jews. And that's literally the language that you use. Like Judeo-Bolshevism is on the one end, is the com- communist Jews. <coughs> and then the finance Jews, which is the ones, the Rothschilds that run everything. There's usually a way of doing that. Well, we don't have a problem with all of them. We, I mean, Nick Fuentes says this too. I, you know, I don't have a problem with all of them. The thing to always clarify, by the way, about Nick Fuentes <laughs> is that he's 24 years old and he's a moron. We should never tell, pay any attention to somebody who's 24 years old. Just shouldn't, I mean, if, <laughs> never. Like if you have political ideas and you're 24, good for you, tell me about them. And then I'll tell you where they're wrong. And then in 10 years, come back and maybe we'll put you on the show. You're 24 years old now, <laughs> fuck you. You don't know anything. You how literally is, know nothing. How old is Coleman? Coleman is right uh, up on the line. And we- Coleman is 20. And he's like 26. When he first right? came on the show, I think he was 24. And we were not happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah, no. Being, being 24, you yeah. like abandoning your prior prior views and embracing new views. I think that's fine. That yeah. is on the line. That's acceptable. Well, also, um, if you're Coleman and, and you've rule. had to be um, a very, very hard puncher and a good duck and weaver because people have been attacking you for so long, it's kind of a slightly different thing. No. If you're somebody who just like, I've been in college and- you know, my late night dorm room bull sessions have informed me about uh, <laughs> Marxism. I don't fucking care. Um, but if you're testifying before Congress and, you know, you were in J- Juilliard when you were like 11, I'm, I'm a little more interested. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, Nick Fuentes is a, somebody who does, knows nothing, has no practical experience, um, is somebody who grew up and was, um, you know, politically awakened on the internet. It's a very bad place for that to happen. There's no practical experience. I mean, when you go to, as Matt, Matt, uh, you know, has told us a number of times, you go to uh, Central Europe uh, uh-huh. at the fall of communism and you have a political awakening there. It's because of this, all these things you're experiencing in real time and seeing and hearing people talk about. And you're saying, good Lord. And you come back and research that more. And that, or you're a reporter and you go to, you know, Hong Kong or something, or you go to Libya or you go in this, all these experiences. Or you're um, a, a guy who furiously masturbates for like three hours in the morning, <laughs> cries for about an hour, then watches Lenny Riefenstahl movies for two hours, and then gets their political, you know, gruel for the next four to five hours before they the go to sleep. The Africa movies, though. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm just not, like, you shouldn't be on any, I mean, I guess it's fine that you're relegated to the Alex Jones show. But seriously, fuck off. No one cares. Man. Yeah. And and like it's it's um, really I, I was doing a fact check. Um Coleman is uh in fact uh twenty-six years old. Look at that. And uh, just to to confirm that, you know, they have correct information about me, I Googled myself, Camille Foster age. Um and it actually when it comes up, it shows me people also search for and it says Michael Moynihan, who's Kanye forty-eight. West. Matt Welch, who's 54, and Kanye West, oh, no, who's 45 really? yeah, yeah. years old. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad that that is- Why are you fucking pissed off that this guy is hanging out with Nick fucking Fuentes? Dude, I- I need to fucking called you. This is, this, is, this is the worst part of the whole thing. <laughs> like, it really is. Like, it honestly is. Not only, not only <laughs> would I prefer it, 
like from the you're outside. You're being nice because you want like him to when reach the, out. When the Candace Owens like stuff started, when they started hanging out, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. He has, he's, he's curious. Let me reach out. Let me see yeah. if we can't have a conversation because I'm better company for him than her. Like, mm. this is a bad look. And then shit started going sideways. And he showed up at TMZ and he started screaming about how slavery was a choice. And I said mm. to myself, this is really bad. And I, I made, I made, I tried. I did what I could. I reached out to people. There was never any reaching back. And I, it's, it's sad. I feel like, and I believe this earnestly, I probably could have helped. What did could have averted all of this. What, what did he mean he, by slavery was a what choice? Was he bastardizing. I know there was some thought that someone had given I, him, yeah, and that he was I trying think, to make sense of. I, I slavery, like definitionally, is not a choice. <laughs> he said what he was saying was four hundred years. That uh -huh. sounds like a choice. Like I would, I would have done something. I wouldn't have stood for that. I oh, wouldn't that's have that's tolerated it for so long. Argument in the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is, it's a Dave Chappelle bit. Do you remember? I don't I remember do. that, but it's gross. Oh. It's it's gross to say in a serious setting. <laughs> like it's one it, thing if you're making a joke as a comedian. It is another thing entirely when you're having some thoughtful, yeah, yeah, ostensibly yeah, yeah, yeah. thoughtful conversation with people, and you're screaming it at the top of your lungs in a newsroom. Yeah. It was Chappelle's show when he's talking about <laughs> when he was when Charlie Murphy was talking about like oh if it was back then I wouldn't have put up with that shit and then it, it has a little <laughs> kind of dream sequence thing is that right I think so right if it's not I have it to must go be, look for it I have like a fever dream of funny Charlie Murphy bits yeah I'm just um, I'm in mourning and I don't I don't we don't need to belabor this this shit is just sad is what it is it's sad um and I've been revisiting old favorite Kanye albums today. And just feeling feeling sad about the whole thing. I am sad. But actually, one one more thing that I will say, what I'll, I'll ask you gentlemen about, because I I keep seeing it posted, and I'm skeptical of this assertion that Kanye West um, is because of the things that he's saying that he is endangering people yeah. now. Okay, so um, that's and, exactly what I was going to add yeah. to this. Yeah, yeah, I have Did, been hearing that. Yeah, I, this seems By people I really respect too. Yeah, to to the extent. Yeah. To the extent this is true, uh, it seems to me that anyone who is like, oh, holy shit, look what Kanye just, he's given me permission to indulge in my, in my hatred of the Jewish people. I'm going to go out and commit mass murder, or I'll mm -hmm. start posting anti-Semitic things because now I see it. Finally. Thank you, okay. Kanye. Um, <laughs> Anti-Semitism definitely didn't exist before yesterday. Utterly preposterous yeah. to me. Yeah, like just is. beyond unreasonable. It is and if, absolutely if you're angry with him and you're condemning him publicly, it's fine, whatever. Um, if you're insisting that this is going to get people killed and that it is inherently dangerous, um, that feels like a step too far, but maybe I'm quibbling over things. No, you're not. I, I, I would say know. two things about this. One is that, is that it, this is an argument that was made by somebody who I have a lot of respect for. Um, I heard them making it today. I almost kind of wanted to intercede and say, Hey, here's another side of this because I know that they don't think this generally. Right. And um, it is a kind of a slippery slope. Right. So a, the couple things are, is that number one, the best thing that Alex Jones ever did for humanity, ever <laughs> did for the Jewish people, was having two hours and 45 minutes of Kanye West in a gimp mask playing with toys in a high voice saying God. he didn't believe in the Holocaust. Because you know what? Those are the type of people who don't believe in the Holocaust. Those are the type of believe, people that believe that 
their bank is being cl- sh- uh, shut down by fucking Ari Emanuel. The I mean, when you say it that way, risk, like it could, it could barely be worse. Like it, the, the only thing that could be worse is if there were like children involved. Like well, the that whole thing is the only way it could get worse. He, well, um, the, the, his uh, reflections on uh, whether the Torah um, apparently allows for pedophilia because they're, yeah, sat- they're satanic people. Yeah. Like this oh, is, God. this is crazy shit. But I don't think anybody who even has five functioning brain cells mm-hmm. would watch this and be like, you know what? I think he's on to something. <laughs> he's on to something. He's definitely yeah. on He set back the cause of anti-Semitism like by a decade. 100%. 100%. <laughs> He's been the whoa, worst whoa. thing for. He's been the worst thing for anti-Semites. Maybe he's since. a double agent. Can no, we, can we? That, that conspiracy theory exists. People yes. that no, he's a Milo double agent and Fuentes is uh, for sure. Yeah, they're trying to. Oh, oh Milo yeah, is the one who's been has been propagating uh, uh, that. Yeah, he's the one um, who said that. They're doing yeah. this to discredit well, Milo. Trump, I so. think is doing this just to make some money. Apparently, he's like two million dollars in debt. Uh, yeah, is that desperate all? to try. Yeah, maybe he can go to the Mercers and beg for some more money that he can spend at the Doral Club and in uh in florida it's worth um interesting he did not appear on set at the at the alex jones thing right like i didn't see any i didn't see him so no i mean these things broken with him these things end up with everybody plunging knives into everybody else's back because nobody has any principles nobody has any beliefs they're just after fame and attention and you know proximity to fame and proximity to money and we've seen where i mean look with milo proximity to money made him quite rich himself for a little bit, but he couldn't control himself. Yeah. And that's the problem with these people is they can never control themselves is that, you know, Kanye can't even control himself. But the, the other thing I would say about this is if you believe that um, this kind of conversation is putting people in danger, then you're basically agreeing with the idea of a censorship regime yeah. Mm-hmm. in Twitter and on all these other platforms that say- Yeah, some people openly calling for this. Yes. I mean, yeah. in fact, that's- and, yeah. and he's not- That's what happened on Twitter. Yeah, no, just one yeah. final thing. He's not, he's, yeah, he's not calling for- He, uh, he was- in, 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 That's important. Elon Musk right? said about Kanye uh, while he was banning him or suspending him that he had violated our rule against incitement to violence. No, he didn't. Yeah, that didn't, didn't happen. That. He didn't, didn't incite- and I think he specifically said that with respect to the to the bizarre like oh, fuck. Not the swastika star. Swastika it's also that he yeah. that he had someone designed for him, presumably, because I don't imagine he knows how to use <laughs> yeah. Photoshop, although he yeah. is a designer. They have a, they also have a policy against hateful imagery and display names, which is uh, uh, yeah. unequally uh, enforced to say the least. But uh yeah, the those who thought that, you know, Elon's gonna re- restore Full free speech on Twitter. Um, you know, uh, I think he banned Kanye West, you know, probably as an act of compassion more than anything else, honestly, because it's embarrassing um, to watch it go on. But um, there is no incitement to violence here. I don't think that there's going to be, I mean, you, we could be proven wrong. Um, but the idea that there's suddenly going to be a lot more anti-Semitic violence in the next, uh, you know, weeks and months because of Kanye, as opposed to people saying like staring into the sun suddenly and going, holy shit, that stuff sounds so crazy. <laughs> I think this is opening people's eyes more to the fact that anti-Semites exist and they're crazy than there are to opening people's eyes to the evils of uh, world Jewry or something like that. That's not, I don't think that's You don't think the works. butthole mask also- is persuasive? Yeah, I just I, I was like that guy in the gimp mask, and Alex Jones at one point is like, he actually made one half funny joke 
when he was like going, <laughs> yeah. he was actually going crazy, saying all this crazy shit. And he's like, you know, you're going to have to take the mask off to prove it's really yeah, you. Did say, is, is that really Kanye under there? This is really Kanye. Yeah, take off the mask. That, that was actually kind of funny. This? And he's upset. like, this is when, when Alex Jones is like, dude, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> oh That's my God. when you've really hit rock bottom. But no, that was the, some, only, the only good thing in the whole thing was watching yeah. Alex Jones squirm. Oh my God. Like, and was he really, really he was just ignoring it half the time. And by the way, it's also, it's also, he's also a total fucking coward because like he wants he wants the ratings he wants the clicks he uh, wants to, to be a three at, at one point he's like he's like you know three hours. We, we can make it four we're gonna make it five let's do five hours. who cares <laughs> and right at the beginning he's like alex let me tell you something the jews run everything <laughs> mars and and he's like okay kanye so what you're saying here is that the Jewish people are not bad people. You don't talk about them collectively. And he's like, I do. And he's like, okay, you do. You kind of do. Okay, but you don't, you're not saying that they're all bad. Well, yeah, they are. Hitler was a good guy. Okay. Right, it's it's everything progressively worse. And like oh. if he had just been like, dude, you're fucking nuts. And like, and then he'd walk out, obviously. But not even say you're nuts, but just like challenge him because but he doesn't know anything. Alex Jones doesn't know anything either. These are people who live in a world of invention. When they say, and he's like, he's my favorite Alex Jones thing is that he's like, he's like, did you know that Hitler was created by the British royal family or something? It's like the British side. And I was like, yeah, they got him into power. It's like, no, they didn't. I, I know a lot about yeah, they did not. And so it's like the guy who's making shit up can't be calling out the guy that's making shit up. And it just doesn't work. Like, so it's like. You're asking Alex Jones to call a liar and a sociopath to call out a liar and a sociopath. Mm. So it's just a very hard thing to watch in a lot of ways. But to Matt's point, like th there's, there's also this claim now, it's been going on for a bit, since Kanye first said his kind of anti-Semitic stuff, that there's a rapid increase in anti-Jewish hate crimes. There's no evidence yes. of this. I don't know where no. this is coming from. I, you know... When it comes to things like hate crimes, because we all know we're against them. We don't like this stuff. It's bad. We, this is a universal idea. It was bad. We don't want people to get beat up because of who they are, et cetera. But because of that, we're supposed to check all of our journalistic instincts at the door and nobody's supposed to ask, well, what's the evidence of this? Is that mm -hmm. actually true? Because, yeah. you know, the lagging data on hate crimes is like a year and a half. And it's like reported. It was like voluntarily yeah. reported for years, self-reported. So it's very hard to figure that out. So they've already made those claims because it's, you know, beneficial to, you know, no one ever said that about Farrakhan giving a speech or Ice Cube. It's like Kanye is hanging out around with a bunch of low rent, far right lunatics. And he's a Trump guy and just had dinner with Trump. So therefore, there's been an increase in anti-Semitic hate crimes. I mean, that's the association that's, that's the most relevant to them. If other people are making these, you know, Nick Cannon didn't have a follow-up the next day. Oh, there's been a 40%. Nick Cannon reaches more people at this point than Kanye and his fucking gimp mask does. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think that, I mean, well, I think that's, I, that's he, got, he got his show on TV back. He Kanye, did get his show back. Uh, Kanye, but Nick, Kanye Nick didn't actually, get his fucking bank account back. Nick, Nick quote unquote, did the work um, after this. If he you'll remember, he, he talked to our friend Barry Weiss <laughs> um, and they had some some conversation. I don't, the I don't actually Jew. know the details there. <laughs> um, in fact, did they did they even talk? I don't know if they did. I think they did. They did. They, they chatted. Um, but there were some, on, yeah, there were yeah, some yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. that were attempted. But I do know yeah. other people who spoke to him, prominent yeah. um, Jewish people who had conversations yeah, with him at yeah, the time yeah, and took yeah. some photos, friendly photos with him. Um, and yeah, he got everything back. He was restored. 
Um, but it, I don't know that he's jettisoned all of his his phallist beliefs. Um, but Ice Cube did the same thing. Yeah, Ice Cube went like um, what was it Morton Klein from the Zionist Organization of America or something that mm-hmm. hung out with him and they became friends. But it does seem to me that that and, and I actually had a conversation with um, with our friend Barry not too long ago about some related topics, and I I, I would still affirm the following, which is that um, redemption is better than excommunication. And that in general, the goal really ought to be to engage with people, um, especially people that we like, care about, we have the potential to be restored and to be in some way, shape, or form influential and to be an example. And in some instances, I would say, and plenty of them, certainly this is one of them, the best conversations, the most useful ones, uh, the most instructive are going to be ones that happen away from cameras, off microphone. And I think one of the, the principal mistakes here um, and the things that have served Kanye like the least well, um, apart from just being in general unwell, is that most people seemed inclined, and I won't even say most, many, many people seemed inclined to just throw him in front of a microphone um, or in front of cameras behind a microphone to try to have a conversation in public and just kind of work this out. Uh, and that just, it was a bad look. It was a bad look. It was bad look when um, Tucker Carlson decided to just edit out the craziest stuff that he said um, and run that shit on his television show and insist that this man is, he seems totally fine. He seems completely reasonable to me. Um, and thus far, I don't know that he has said anything about this um, imbroglio uh, as it's continued to boil over and get worse and worse and worse. I'm not sure if he's covering it all anymore. Um, but that was unsealing. They go unseemly. pretty far to to you know increasing his credibility if he came out and said, you know what? It's a little late worse. now. I would pre- <laughs> I don't it's a little late. I would now. presume that he actually has because it'd be weird not to, honestly. Yeah, it would be weird not to, right? I'm I I mean, maybe. Maybe. I'll I'll look. I'll look and we'll report back on that. Meanwhile, we've been um, yakking about Kanye while Matt Taibbi has been busting out the Twitter files in live. I thought I yeah. thought we were gonna be like have reading you, number have you guys 36. Followed that? <laughs> no, it looks like yeah, he's done. I, I checked in and he, he posted and said he's done. Um, have you guys followed it? Are you did you keep up with it? Because no. you finished right before we started, essentially. Um, and I I have gotten through the thread. Uh, I think there are two or three things that showed up afterwards. One about Jack Dorsey not really knowing anything about this. But the short version here is uh, earlier tonight, uh, Elon announced <laughs> that at 5 p.m. there would be some sort of drop uh, on Twitter and they would be releasing all of the background on the the Hunter Biden uh, Twitter fiasco. Essentially, the New York Post, if if you don't recall, back in the fall of 2020 in October, because this was October surprise time, uh, ran a story um, insisting that they had the goods on Hunter Biden. They had a laptop that had been left at a repair shop, and it was filled with all sorts of horrible, incriminating, embarrassing stuff about Hunter Biden. And the story was by many people deemed to be potentially dangerous, explosive, and maybe some sort of Russian um, uh, misinformation that was likely to to try to create it to try and turn the election um, in Trump's favor. And Twitter uh, decided that they were going to do something about this. And they took steps to uh, make the story harder to find on the platform. 
to downrank it and to flag they it. Banned the New York Post's and, Twitter account for a week at least, yeah. and locked their locked their Twitter account along with other people, apparently, including Kaylee McEnany, who was at the time Trump's press secretary. Um, and this is included in some of the disclosures. Um, so I thought Elon was going to post this stuff himself. Uh, a couple about an hour later than was promised, maybe six ten, six fifteen. Matt Taibbi starts doing things a really slow, unfortunately, <laughs> for anyone who's tried to keep up, um, quote unquote, live tweeting of the story where it seems like he was actually drafting these posts in real time, presumably not just having received the documents, um, detailing what happened here. And I think the the summary is that unsurprising to anyone who knows anything, <laughs> Twitter has been staffed largely by people who give money to Democratic candidates as opposed to Republican candidates in terms of their donorship. Uh, Twitter has a bunch of tools at its disposal that it uses to try and do content moderation. And over time, this is the Taibe account, uh, Twitter has used those tools more and more frequently for a range of things, including responding to concerns on the part of elected officials and other prominent politicians of both political parties, but primarily um, people who are on the political left uh, left of center and doing things like flagging accounts, removing posts, downranking posts. And this story, um, the this trail of evidence seems to suggest that they were doing a lot of this stuff um, with, in conjunction with this story, as well as having some conversations amongst themselves and the trust and safety team uh, about downranking this and flagging this and kind of agonizing over the fact that this seems like something that's kind of hard to justify um, and also having some back and forth with then Trump administration officials who were concerned about the press secretary having her account closed or locked down because she shared a news article from the New York Post um, and was told that in order to get her account reactivated, she would have to delete that post because they wouldn't permit her to share it on their platform. And, you know, all of this is obviously complicated by the fact that it turns out the story was completely legitimate <laughs> and um, the materials hadn't been hacked by the Russians, which you know, the folks at Twitter didn't know at the time. And it's certainly fair for them to say that there was a, what they believe to be a terms of services violation. But I think the most damning thing here is the fact that there is this kind of gross relationship between elected officials um, and various persons in Congress um, and even people who are running for office who are in various ways trying to engineer things with their partners, friends, uh, collaborators, co collaborators, co-conspirators at various tech platforms. And certainly what was happening at Twitter is something that we know for ver in various ways has happened at other um, tech companies as well um, in terms of just flagging posts. And this that is a form of censorship. There's a very real sense in which there's a First Amendment issue there. There's a lot of times where people talk about the First Amendment related to Twitter, and it's just utter bullshit because they, they're talking about like garbage that doesn't actually apply to the First Amendment or the First Amendment isn't applicable but this does. It, it matters when the federal government um, or agents of the state are involved in giving directions to private companies, ensuring that they, sh they should, um, or insisting that they ought to um, ban private speech in various ways. Um, so there's something kind of radical about seeing this much transparency, like the real-time correspondence between various people who worked at Twitter in their trust and safety department, and understanding the ways in which those people were empowered to take these steps in ways that circumvented the kind of knowledge of the then CEO Jack Dorsey, 
um, and created tension with a lot of the people who were doing kind of PR and responding directly to some of the concerns of certain elected officials. So it's a complicated story, but certain aspects of it aren't so complicated. There is a legitimate issue of concern here for anyone who believes in free speech and is concerned about civil liberties. Um, and I think it's it's definitely worth talking about. Also of note, um, lots of journalists poo-pooing this before any of the the details about the I mean, story emerged. All of them are, yeah. um, and I think there's something exceedingly gross and duplicitous about people who are, in general, left of center, who had previously been very upset about the prospect of Russian meddling in the election and disinformation and misinformation, who, given the possibility that there might have been some misconduct in a different direction, dismissed this as a nothing burger before they took a look at the story um, and have been reluctant to acknowledge what is just obviously true, that the laptop is legitimate, that some of the correspondence in that email, in the, in um, Hunter Biden's emails, are somewhere between embarrassing and like a little bit infuriating in terms of the kind of conduct that was taking place uh, in terms of his correspondence with Ukrainian officials and other government agents where he's essentially using his influence to try to gain additional money and po- possibly like getting money for other people, um, perhaps even his father. I mean, like, there you, are legitimate questions there. There are legitimate questions. If you needed any more examples, because this is the great thing about Twitter. Twitter has been, I think, a net negative uh, in my life. Um, maybe not for everybody, but a net negative in my life. And the positive elements I tend to overlook, but one of the positive elements is that it does crystallize for you just how tribal all of this is, how little consistency there is, how people don't really care for principle, they care for their team, and they care in some examples, like the one I just sent you, I just texted you one of somebody we know, um, just desperately trying to be liked by people in the mainstream, um, which has been, you know, the MO of their whole career. This happens to a lot of people, you know, just like I'm going to jump on the bandwagon and be like, yeah, no, you didn't tell us anything, Matt Taibbi. Here's what I, I, I read through it. He, there's not a ton in there from what I can tell. I think the most interesting thing is Ro Khanna, actually, who I've interviewed and who emailed me a very, very nice email after, and I never respond to him. I totally forgot to. Um, <laughs> it's totally serious. He sent me a really nice email after we sat down. We talked for a very long time. We disagreed on a lot of stuff. We were talking about tech policy. A really nice guy. Really, really nice. Genuinely nice guy. Genuinely interested in debate. And smart. And he sent me and a nice smart email. smart too, you've said before. Yeah, yeah. Very, very smart guy. I just, I don't know how he gets some, such bad ideas sometimes, but he's, so, he's a smart guy. <laughs> and then Ro Khanna's intervention saying, hey guys, this is about kind of a free speech thing. This is a this is an interest. This is not mm-hmm. just about content moderation. <laughs> Think about how bad this looks, et cetera. Yeah. That is an interesting bit of knowledge, right? Yeah. For and, the, and the way they responded is interesting as well, which is that's completely also missing the point. Yeah. And, and just talking about Twitter's policies. And, <laughs> and you know, to see these losers, and these are like just the media losers that you would expect. And there's so many of them. Because the thing is, is it's 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 exactly what's hap- happens with bullying. Like you remember what you like, when you're a young kid, right? And you're allowed to be around the bullies. The bullies pull you into their orbit in a little bit, and they're picking on one person, and you kind of start entering that semicircle too. 
and you start being like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you, you fat loser. This is what happens on Twitter. Now you have fucking fat losers that are joining the other fat losers calling this other person a fat loser. And it's just like, yeah, fuck you, Matt Taibbi. You used to be fucking great, dude. It's like, here's the thing that you also should know, you fucking complete frauds. None of you have ever done any journalism in your life. You sit in your fucking fat asses on Twitter. You, you, you denounce it all the time, but God knows you would be adrift trying to get people to pay attention to you on Mastodon <laughs> if you didn't have fucking Twitter. Elon, you fucking suck. You know, this stuff drives me so insane because Matt Taibbi has done journalism. Mm-hmm. I disagree with some of it. I generally respect his methods. I respect the stuff that he comes up with. I disagree with a ton of it particularly like the financial stuff that he's done. And I think we've talked about this too, but I'm happy that that exists. I'm happy to debate him on that. I'm happy that I can say, well, this is what I disagree with. The point of investigative journalism, the point of like receiving leaks, well, you got them from Elon. It doesn't make a difference who you fucking got them for, you idiot. Like, what does it matter? He got some internal stuff that you don't have. And sure, that was part of the agreement was like, you got to do it on Twitter and not your Substack. I I guarantee Mm -hmm. you that happened. But... the thing that these people don't understand is that you don't have to have the dynamite. It, like you, can, you can't publish it because it's not, but it's not blowing me away. So I'm going to do a 90 tweet thread about oh what a loser Matt Taibbi is. Oh, when Glenn Greenwald wasn't available, it's like <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say. So you don't want more what information. They're, what they're trying to say not is about that this. it's no longer you know 2013 and 14, right? Like back then, yeah. <clears throat> you could imagine when the Edward Snowden stuff came out. And it was, um, laundered is, is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? It was sort of filtered through Glenn Greenwald, Laura P- uh, Poitras, uh, Guardian, New York Times. Like it was a, it was a handled thing. And it was kind of understood that it went to Glenn Greenwald first because he'd built a reputation as someone who's interested in a story like that. And regardless of what one might think of him has a certain scrupulosity or at least gets his jaws into someone's forearm and doesn't let go. I do love the word scrupulo- scrupulosity. <laughs> yeah, that I don't know. About it, but yeah, that's good. <laughs> I know yeah. what it means, at least. Yeah. Unlike scrupulitude. Unlike most <laughs> okay. words I say. Um, and Taibi's the same way. Taibi, I'm pretty sure Shannon Sharp invented Taibi that got word, this and story <laughs> and Ben Collins didn't because Taibi has built a career that has thrown off enough notoriety, but also um, a sense of independence and heavy skepticism mm. about the way that journalism is done. He was just part of a debate uh, up in Canada um, that like went kind of crazy talking about um, uh, whether we should trust the media. Um, And so that is why he got this. And you didn't Ben Collins and all of the people Mm. who were, were super mad. It is a totally weird uh, story to read. And you could tell that Taibbi wrote it like uh, an essay that he had to put Mm -hmm. on Twitter um, and it's really awkward because of that. And his, his, on his Substack, <laughs> he, he sent a thing out like a second before the Twitter thing started saying like, Hey guys, I'm really sorry about this. Uh, you know that I'm here for you. And you know, I, I try to get everything on Substack first, <laughs> but like, it's been a really fucking weird 96 hours. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. um, <laughs> so it came out in that sense weird. I, I think it's hard to judge the total story just yet, but it is absolutely clear that there's a preponderance as he put it at some point, like everyone could has an avenue to complain to Twitter and both sides uh, were doing it. 
But the uh, apertures were, were far more open on the left side of the spectrum. There's just, you know, 98% of your employees uh, who donate to political campaigns or donate to Democrats, there might be a little bit more open to this than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as it goes, the Ro Khanna thing is, is interesting, but so is just afterwards around tweet 33 or four, there's a group called <laughs> uh, Next Gen, I think, or something like that. Um that is uh, some kind of public policy or lobbying outfit, but then who come in, and this is where it gets insidious to Camille's totally apt and very, I think even underrated in the culture uh, point that the government is using, is leaning on uh, these companies right now to try to do kind of uh, secondhand censorship. Like you do the censorship for me, I'm going to say it Mm -hmm. in the literal same breath that you know, you have a lot of regulatory issues up in front of us. So this next gen people had just canvassed with a dozen, um, uh, I think, Congress people on a uh, maybe a judiciary committee. And sorry for not getting it perfect, but it's more or less true. And um, said basically like it's going to be a bloodbath up for you on a hill um, talking about it if this doesn't go a certain way. I mean, it's it's like it's not the president saying this. This is a private citizen, but who just canvassed a bunch of lawmakers to make it pretty explicit. Like we want the outcome to be that this story, which is a legitimate news story, regardless of whether you think it's important, um, is suppressed. You better suppress this story or else it's going to be much harder for you to operate on Capitol Hill like next week. That's explicit, people. And that was explicit at a time when the story was suppressed. Um, and it was suppressed as Tybee also gets into the into the thing. And again, we'll, we will see the broader story at some point and be able to judge it better. But in a way that like early on, someone within Twitter is like, oh, it might be some kind of foreign government hacking. But like no one really proved it. No one said it. And then it, it just became a thing that, that no one wanted to walk back afterwards. Um, all of that is is legitimately troubling. And I've I've been someone who hasn't really cared much about the Hunter Biden thing except for him, like, you know pulling on his junk as he's going down a water slide. Cause that's kind of hilarious and, and <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That's like the best thing about that. I was like, I'd do that too. Nice job. And by the way, if someone was like, here's a bunch of Russian prostitutes and some crack, I'm not going to be like, go I'm going to like, start filming. And then by the way, when, when my hard drive fills up with all these video files, just drop my laptop yeah. off and have them swap out a new hard drive. I might not remember this part of the transaction, but just do Are it. you smoking crack or you're just like a... Oh, I'm sniffing it, smoking it, doing whatever. My favorite, my favorite are these other these people, the same losers that I've been talking about, who are mad at Montaibi for got for for tweeting it out too slow. They're like, oh, I'm waiting for this. I'll, I'll just wait here, Matt Taibbi. It's like, what? Literally, what is wrong with you? Take a look in the mirror and like realize that you've gone horribly wrong with your life. Something has gone wrong with your life. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I just need to tweet about fucking um james Lindsay all the time i don't know <laughs> maybe that's the future for me oh god it, it has been um kind of an interesting road for a lot of these people because the the sort of cycle of acceptance with respect to the elon twitter acquisition for a left of center journalist which is nearly all of them um, has been sort of bizarre to watch. Initially, it was this this outrage and concern that, oh my God, like Twitter is going to be used as a tool of fascism to undermine democracy prior to the election. Um, and then it goes from there to 
oh my God, he's, he's ruining Twitter. Like he's broken it. It's going <laughs> this away this weekend. Watch, it's actually going to implode yeah. this weekend. Um, and I suppose I, I skipped over the part where they were all leaving. Like they were going someplace else, Mastodon or whatever. Um, and they they haven't quite gone back and said, oh, it doesn't look like it'll collapse. Like we, we got that wrong. Um, but I have seen uh, a, at least one editorial published um, in the headline of which was why I'm staying. Why, yeah. why I will not leave Twitter after yeah. all, despite my many concerns. Um, and one of the stories, though, that's been written uh, as someone who's kind of working through the cycle of acceptance was just published today uh, in the New York Times. And it is about the explosion of hate speech on the platform purportedly. Um, it, the sourcing on this story is a little odd. Um, there are very few people who are quoted directly in this story. Um, and it does seem to contradict directly um, some claims that were made by Musk himself on Twitter, where he posted a graph from a keynote presentation that he gave internally, it seems like, um, which seemed to show that there had been a spike in hate speech on the platform. Again, per his post, uh, the the methodology he used is the same methodology that they've been using before to track this stuff. So there's a, a historical graph. Um, again, supposedly, like, <laughs> yeah, we, we have don't no have, if we don't know. Um, in fact, I mean, all of these emails could be concocted in some way, shape, yeah. or form. Well, although, that takes a little more although, effort than making a chart. Yeah, and 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 Matt does appear to have done some um, some actual reporting here. Uh, what he's suggesting is he made a bunch of phone calls and he thanks the people who he spoke to um, in connection with this. Yeah. Um, but the time story um, again ostensibly contradicts what Musk is saying. Um, but it does so in a way that isn't terribly credible. Um, and even some of the the passages in the editorial in the not editorial, this is a news story itself, um, are something less than accurate. Uh, for example, that they mentioned the fact that he said he was going to reinstate accounts. Um, he's going to do a mass reinstatement of accounts, which is true. Um, but he also said explicitly in the same tweet where he says he's going to do this mass reinstatement that he would not reinstate the accounts of people who had committed crimes or who had engaged in like mass spamming on the platform, which is actually a really important qualification. Like there's a fundamental difference between I'm going to reinstate the bad accounts who have done things in the past, and I am going to reinstate accounts of people who have not engaged in any sort of criminal activity on the platform or done mass spamming. I don't know what the percentages are. I don't know what the differences are, but that seems important. Also a little weird to report Oh, there's like 450 um, new ISIS accounts that joined uh, before Musk took um, in the period where Musk was taking control of Twitter. Okay, what percentage of those are still active? Like, is the trust and safety service actually working well enough that they were able to get these people and pull them out the, off the platform, or are they still there just doing? Can their I give ISIS an example thing? of this? Somebody wrote a wrote a story about this. Um, I don't know, last week or something, and they were like, "These are the these three accounts or whatever that had been." been uh, banned or now back and mm -hmm. uh, they're hate mom mongering psychos and they're already being hateful. I went to all three accounts that all been banned again. <laughs> I mean, it's not because they clearly have a moderation policy in some way. Yeah. Um, and maybe it was that article that called their attention to it, but they're not just saying, yeah, well, fine. I mean, moderation policy does not mean that you don't believe in free speech. You know, he says he's a free speech absolutist, but Look what he's doing. Drudge keeps on taking shots at him, like, oh, yeah. you know, free speech, and he puts the line through it. And mm -hmm. then, like, you know, free speech Musk. It's like, I don't really get this because you can believe that free speech 
is being limited on these platforms for political reasons. Right? Mm -hmm. That's the argument. It's a political reason. And at the same time, say, we actually should not um, encourage someone who's like, hey, by the way, um, join me next week. Uh, we're going to get together and going to try to kill Mexicans or something. <laughs> I mean, like, well, I'm a free speech. You're, oh, Mr. Free Speech Absolute. It's just like, no. <laughs> you also don't want that in your Tesla factory. You don't want that, you know, on the message board at a, like a target. You don't, I mean, this is a communications platform. I get it. But that doesn't mean that you can't have standards, which is different to my, in my mind, it's different from saying that like, I believe in free speech, which means, you know, these people have political views. Um, I'd let Alex Jones back on. I'm different than, than Elon Musk in that sense. I think Alex Jones is a menace. I think he's a liar. And I mm -hmm. think there's something psychologically wrong with him. But he built up a pretty big following and you can't just be like, all right, we're going to end that. We're going to try to prevent that rather than saying, what is it that is creating this interest in Alex Jones? And by the way, also the number of people that follow Alex Jones and listen to Alex Jones and watched Alex Jones, I think it's two to one people who think he's hilarious in like a way that he doesn't think he's hilarious. Mm -hmm. That's always the thing. People think that like it's a, the ratio is the number of people that watch something, they, they yeah. have to agree with it. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you know, 10 million people saw this. It's like, yeah, 9 million people thought it was fucking insane. Like, it doesn't mean 10 million people saw something and they were on board with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I, I think that this idea that these people are back, so therefore, keep in mind, people will be very skeptical of, I know your listeners at Column, you're very skeptical of a lot of things, but people be skeptical of every time there is a significant news story that kind of enraptures so many people because it's the richest man in the world and it's a platform that a lot of people use like Twitter, that at the end of it, they've all of a sudden discovered that this bad person taking over Twitter has created all of the bad things that they've been warning about. It's such a coincidence. It keeps happening. Why is it keep, it's just your priors are just keep on getting confirmed. You're like the fucking Rasputin of politics. Or maybe, maybe you're just making it up. Maybe you're inventing it. Maybe you're saying, you know, I cover the extremism beat, fucking Ben Collins, <laughs> it's extremisms everywhere. I just saw it in the past week. How are you measuring that? I saw it. <laughs> I saw it on the Twitter. And now I went on to MSNBC and talked about it. And if you dare doubt me, you are some sort of hate mongering psycho. Like these people have the script written. They're not interested in, you know, like objective truth here. They're not. I don't fucking care about these people. And I assure you, Matt doesn't. And I'm sure you, Camille Lesso, because he, he's a psycho who's obsessed with Kanye. But I'll just say Matt and I, the just, whites on this show. <laughs> we don't the, care. The proud, the proud whites on this show. Yeah, we yeah. Are, we're boys. We're not girls. We're boys. And we're very proud. So you might even call us proud boys. Um, but like, I don't have a dog in this fight. And I'm just like, I don't give a shit who wins and who loses. But it makes it easier to look at this stuff and be like, you're all fucking There's a, It's really there, crazy. The, I'm sorry. There was I'm, in, I'm tired in the, um, in the uh, glory days of uh, Facebook tipped the election to Donald Trump because of Russia uh, storyline sure. that I used to go on MSNBC <laughs> a lot and kind of like try to try to, to in, inject some sobriety, which is hard for me uh, constitutionally. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
they they loved raw numbers because raw numbers on Facebook are scary. And the Times in their story, <laughs> New York Times that Camille was mentioning, which was talking about the unprecedented increase in hate speech since Elon Musk. Um, listen to these raw numbers. Super scary. Slurs against black Americans showed up on the social media service an average of 1,282 times a day before Musk bought Twitter afterwards, 3,876 times a day, tripling slurs against gay men appeared on Twitter 2,506 times a day on average before Mr. Musk took over afterwards up to 3,964 times a day and anti-Semitic posts referring to Jews or Judaism soared more than 61% sounds so exact in the two weeks after Mr. Musk acquired the site big numbers. Do you know how many tweets there are a day? I can half a billion. Half a billion. <laughs> Half yeah. a billion. And I'm reading this. 4,000. Wait, can I want to make sure? 4,000 yeah. anti-gay tweets? Yep. Is that what it said? Yep. That okay. seems like an est- underestimate. Okay. So let me tell yeah. you this. I mean. <laughs> what percentage of the tweets that are classified as anti-gay are British people talking about cigarettes? <laughs> is there a way to disaggregate? Like, is that is that or yeah. and or boarding school? That's it, fine. Yeah, anyway. and or people now queer is is good. People are, or maybe they're undercounting because they're not counting people saying queer in a negative way. Who knows? Uh, it's, it's, but it's it's also you can't anybody can do that. Oh my god! Anybody can create a little bit of software that drops racial slurs onto onto twitter and that'll get deleted eventually and probably pretty quickly but that was actually the claim i think initially that there was like bots that were dropping um like racial slurs after um elon took over that that he's a racist yeah i think so i think that was i i read something about that in a in a in a reasonably um kind of non-political place i was also trying to find this Politico article from a while ago that got the Russian, that went through the Russian Facebook stories. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Um, And it went through every one and the number of people that, um, that saw them. Yeah. Yeah. Like the actual impressions. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a couple thousand per per one. And again, if you see it in the mind of the psycho, it means that you were convinced by it. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be 2000 people that were like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. This is some Russian bullshit right here. No, it's, they saw it. So therefore it's, therefore it's destructive and, and probably um, affected the election. Like yeah. we live in a crazy time in which people have become so obsessed with politics and it's such a stupid way. Like this is, I think this is the participation problem is that, you know, we talk about gatekeepers and gatekeepers when it comes to media gatekeepers, when it comes to, and I'm not suggesting that we need more or fewer, whatever gatekeepers, but the number of people that have involved themselves in the political process, people always think this is a good thing. I'm not, not sure it's, so sure it's true. Because everybody who involves themselves now is somebody that I have to sit next to at a dinner party who has to, you know, uh, woman-splain to me something that I've been reading about, studying, writing about for 25 years because they just, you know, um, were on Facebook or on Instagram usually now. And it's not because of Russians. Russians aren't making them stupid. Their friends are making them stupid. Their friends are putting stuff up on Instagram that are like shocked and horrified 
that X is happening in politics that's been happening for years and sometimes is sort of outrageous. But all of the people that I'm around that have new are newly minted as uh, kind of political obsessives who know nothing, but they speak. It's the only, it's the only thing on earth in which people can be, you know, just jump right into it and then say, you, oh, you know, this is your job too. This is what you write about, this is what you talk about. I'm going to explain it all to you in the next 25 minutes. And I'm like, would you do that to a pilot? <laughs> would you do that <laughs> to like, a, a, you know, like an engineer? Hand, that's, uh, the- I'm, no, I'm better than I'm better than a pilot. I'm an astronaut. <laughs> I'm a pilot in space. Pilot on Earth is fucking loser, loser. You fly into space, you're cool. That's I think easy. it's the computer does all the work. The, it's the uh, the, land the passive like uh, consumption uh, era of politics. That's that's it. Like like, mm-hmm. dude, sports exists for a reason. Like you can you can just yeah. throw a lot of just pointless energy into like mastering you know trivia and getting super excited and passionate about stuff that just doesn't matter even a little bit um it's great Sport, sports is yeah. right there for the world cup it's 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 there go root against a, an entire country <laughs> I, want people, I want people to yeah i want people to get engaged <laughs> in politics i want people to read about it i want people to listen to this podcast i don't really love it when people decide that they've consumed it for you know a couple of months or scans of headlines and then they have to approach me and everybody else as an expert you know and just and you know be on my you know people that you work with people that you hang around people like it's just like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about mm-hmm. and i can't think of anything else and again i'm not discouraging people from this i'm kind of joking in sounding like an asshole about it but but not entirely because i don't need how sure people are about their political opinions is, t- is totally new to me. I- I've never, I don't know if I'm right about, I mean, I think that I do more throat clearing on this show than, than I need to at sometimes, but, but yeah, I just don't, I, it's, it's a totally new mm-hmm. development. I think the George Floyd thing had a lot to do with it. Mm. I mean, right after the George Floyd thing that people got on, went on a March and a protest and they were telling me about, you know, the racial history of America. This <laughs> truly happened to me. I told yeah. you, you, Camille, about well, one I think of them. that was an, that was an inflection point for sure. Uh, at least demonstrating something. I think you're, you're onto something. And the notion that, you know, when, when Bush was not Bush, but Trump was elected, we were told that there was this crisis of truth, that, that we had lost our ability to have kind of a shared sense of reality. But I think that the, the notion of there being a crisis of certitude like mm-hmm. like this fundamentalist dogmatic belief that you know what is absolutely true and mostly that you know what is absolutely evil mm-hmm. and and contemptible and who is evil and contemptible um to to like this this exacting degree um in a way that encompasses nearly half the population of the country like that is that is dangerous and weird that kind of fundamentalism is something that you should probably avoid um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that is kind of a main current, uh, even in our politics broadly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is interesting, um, and, and to perhaps shift topics a little bit, because I suppose we've been going for a while. We could probably do a little bit more. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the new <laughs> – well, I mean, we've really only been no, going for like an hour, 20 minutes. Um, but, but Jeffers, the new um, Speaker of the House, um, or I guess the, the, the leader of the, the um, Democrats anyways – um, is um, is someone who 
like Pelosi, is more representative of the establishment, someone who has been critical of the the harder left wing of the Democratic Party and has had some prominent dust-ups with a few people who have been critical of the Biden administration um, over the course of um, its, uh, you know, what, two years now um, that they've been in office going on three um, I, I wonder what you guys make of the selection. Um, obviously Pelosi has been a fixture in the party for a very long time. Has been kind of celebrated for her ability to raise money for the party, um, and to keep people in line. Um, so it's kind of the end of an era in an important way. Um, is there anything about this particular pick that stands out to you, um, apart from what he's being celebrated for being the first black man to lead the Congress? Yeah. Um, which I just, I mean, who gives a shit? <laughs> you were elected, you're an elected official, you're in a position of prominence and and had previously been, um, if he was, you know, like a homeless uh, minstrel, like that might be a little more interesting, but you're a prominent person of importance, getting a, getting a, a promotion within your party. It's just of no interest to me what your race is, but you know, what, what do I know? Congressman, oh, really? Jeffries. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. What, what, do we, what do we need to know about this no. gentleman? Uh, mine is a uh, uh, Muslim gal. Muslim gal? Who's the... You c- yeah, because I mean... Oh, because it's weird. That's the yeah, they carved it up like crazy. Little, they or actually, it up, after the election now, like, who knows? But like, yeah. But yeah, they, don't like, do, it, they don't do that sort of gerrymandering in New York. No, they wouldn't not, do that. No, they no. only do that in racist <laughs> places where they're totally. trying to stop black people from getting into office. might have yeah. bit them on the ass a little bit. I have to go back and look at the tape now because, yeah. uh, you know, New York, Lee Zeldin helped flip the house for Republicans, people. Um, and uh, Democrats yes, tried yeah. a really absurd gerrymander in New York as they could, like a dog licking his junk. Uh, and uh, And the courts told them they couldn't. Um, it's a big disputed thing, but at least one um, prominent Democrat, maybe more, thought, "Okay, that's cool. I'm going to go over here and and run in this safe seat." Lost <laughs> as a result of this because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people in Greater New York are upset about the the criming and whatnot. Um, uh, uh, one thing mm-hmm. I'd say about Hakeem Jeffries, who I don't know very well at all. Um, uh, two things I'll say. One is that uh, we should know him now because now he's one of the six people in the country who decide what goes into laws. Um, as uh, Justin Amash, who's great on this issue and who's still like trying to become the Speaker of the House, even though he's not in the House of Representatives now, you should look at his Twitter feed and, and check him out as he's making the case for it. Because he's always had this structuralist argument that there are no amendments, that no legislators don't actually legislate anymore. It's just like a six people, the leadership of uh, both uh, uh, houses and uh, both chambers and, and the parties and the president and the vice president basically make all the last minute cromnibus December, you know, uh, 15th bills, they make all those decisions and no one else has any idea. So get to know him because you have to for that one reason. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was funny that I saw just today is that Time Magazine did a piece, it was a fact checking piece, so you know it's good, um, uh, today about um, how it's, it's wrong to call him an election denialist, um, even though he had said in 2016 that like, and I, I won't get the quote exact, but the, you know, he cast doubt on the, ele- Hakeem Jeffries. Jeffries cast out. Yeah. He said in 2018, 2018 too. Yeah. Um, yeah. cast out on the uh, 2016 yeah. election for the usual reasons. And they're like, 
said it was illegitimate. Um, that's not election denial because election <laughs> denial really became oh. a thing because um, uh, 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 under Donald Trump. So that's different. So it's the, what? so the modern version of election denialism <laughs> is really about the Donald Trump version of it. And so since he's not in favor of that, he's not an election denialist. It's like one of the greatest pieces. Oh, my of, God. Like, this is why fact checking should be thrown into a fire pit. <laughs> yeah. That you're going to get. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, Jeffers. Yeah, the RNC tweet. RNC tweet. Breaking election denier Hakeem Jeffers. Jeffries uh, was just elected as the new leader of the House of Democrats. Um, keep pouting. History will never accept you as a legitimate president. This was his tweet in November 2020. Uh, let's be clear, Donald. The only person trying to steal the election is you and your buddies in the Kremlin. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. um, the more we learn about 2016 election the more illegitimate mm. it becomes america deserves to know whether we have a fake president in the fake? Oval office hashtag russet interference and yeah. lie more than any administration in the history of the republic cheat 2016 election russian interference steal one of two supreme court seats when will the republican party um put country ahead of party Hashtag cleanup corruption, September 18th, uh, September 28th, 2018. Uh, Hashtags are enough to disqualify him, I think. Talking tough. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I just, I'm, I'm, there's nobody that I'm, but apart from that, still pretty moderate. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Congratulations to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think uh, the, the democracy has been saved and we're fine and we're, we don't have any problems. Everything is fine. Insurrection averted and all the things will be fine. I don't know. My favorite headline of the day. And I just wanted to make sure that you saw this because um, I know you know him, Camille. And I met him a couple of times through you. Mm. Is uh, our, our, our friend Charlemagne. Mm. Uh, this is a great headline. Charlemagne slams Kanye for thinking microphone was invented by Hitler. Mm. I don't know if that was my I'm the worst part of that interview. I just don't I don't think so he, like, probably, oh, he probably said man. other things as well. But well, that's the headline. So uh, recording technology yeah. is important to people. Like yeah. get it right. I don't yeah. I don't like so yeah, it appears that everything online right now is about the <laughs> the disappointment of the Matt Taibbi revelations. But I encourage you not to think about it as is as a disappointment because you know, I didn't think there was much there and I'm like, eh, Mm -hmm. I don't really get it so far, but you know, maybe he's writing about it. Maybe something else will happen. But, um, I am sure all of these people were similarly, uh, making fun of, uh, Rachel Maddow on Twitter, the night of her big, uh, Donald Trump tax reveal. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the, the nation stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and turned its weary eyes towards <laughs> towards uh, Rachel Maddow, who was like, you know what? And it turned out she had like his taxes, <laughs> like like the taxes from like his brother from like forty. Yeah, years I don't ago. remember what it was. Some there. weird version yeah. of his taxes, but it didn't. It's like this is, and, and while she was doing it, this kind of, it felt like she was kind of realizing this. This is not quite what we thought it was, but it's still informative. Yeah. Oh, it still but gives she, us a sense I of mean, the shape of things. Um, but we may in fact see huge... those tax returns at some point in the near future, That's since uh, I right. think the courts told him that uh, no, you gotta gotta give them up. You've got to uh, give it up. 
2005 tax return, <laughs> but it was a 1040 form or something. Right. Yeah. And it was like, uh, yeah, it was 2017. Uh-huh. And I think that she, um, it like slate actually, Rachel Maddow uh, turned a scoop on Donald Trump's taxes into a cynical, self-defeating spectacle. Uh, no, that was the point. That was exactly Gosh, the Slate point. said that, huh? Slate said that. Oof. Um, it, well, they they did it in a funny way by saying that, um, oh, it was a big story. She just uh, screwed it up, yeah. which, mm. uh, you know. But I think that she, I think there was a lot of viewers that night. I think they did very, very well in the ratings mm-hmm. that night. So, so Maybe, maybe not so much the next night. No, um, it, well, it kept going because if you keep the pressure on and say that the uh, the republic is in danger because of Donald Trump, um, which you know, I, I I thought it was a bad presidency. I just didn't. By the way, can we say one thing about this? Because I know Matt has to go soon. Say one thing about the democracy in in danger, people. Right. A couple things about this. I mean, you saw these Arizona rulings, right? Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. No one, you no. Did, which, which, you know, is, it was the county in Arizona was saying, we're not going to count because of, um, I mean, do the most, I'm going to do the most sort of crude version of this just because we don't have time to get bogged down in it. We're not going to count. It's illegitimate. Judge comes in says, yeah, fuck you count. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's just, not and if they works. hadn't counted, uh, that, then it would have gone to a Democrat for no reason. And yes. even though it's the Republicans yeah. deciding to do it, it's, it's all bananas. It was all bananas. But a series, there was a couple of these rulings uh, that are just like, no, you guys are being idiots. Um, and then, of course, the special master thing, uh, where a judge says, everything that you guys have been saying about this is ridiculous. And no, no special master, nothing wrong with the raid at Mar-a-Lago. Fuck you. Again, this is a vast simplification of it. But it's just the point being, not the the kind of ins and outs of this, but the people who claim that all of, you know, democracy is holding on by a threat, I've been making the argument for a very long time mm-hmm. that we have very robust institutions. We have courts, you know, how many of the Donald Trump lawsuits were thrown out? 65 and then two or three won on a technicality that just mm-hmm. didn't make a difference in the end. That's nothing to sneeze at. And we see that it's that it's operating still and it's happening again, that um, that you cannot fool around with this stuff because because courts will will uh, prevent you from fooling around with it, which i which is a very good a very good thing to say there was a piece mm. um uh joe lancaster over at reason just today and we're recording this on friday what the hell's wrong with us that we're recording on friday night but we are because we care about you <laughs> and i was traveling and whatever trouble michael's sick um anyways before the election uh some guy at the uh, brookings institute uh, warned that Trump is not the only threat to democracy. One of the worst things Trump has done is to show many other aspirants how to engage in power politics using unethical steps. Idea being that if they lost the election, they would spend all of their time trying to like do everything possible to challenge it. Um, and as Joe Lancaster pointed out, the exact opposite happened. Voters rejected the most illiberal candidates, nearly all of whom chose to respect the results. Like, yeah, we didn't yeah, do a whole bunch of trumping. There wasn't like people, no. there wasn't a Rudy Giuliani, like sweating black makeup in front of, 
weird landscaping <laughs> company. Yeah. yeah. In front of a lawnmower shop. I God. mean, I think it's yeah. a high point, high point for the Republic there. Yeah. I think Carrie Lake is still like going for it and that's about it. Maybe one or two and that's it. Um, it turns out that yeah. the people yeah. who hit that stuff, the hardest lost the most, lost the worst. Yeah. And most of them just sort of slunk away. Like, all right. Whatever. I did see someone doing a, a victory lap, insisting that their their expressions of concern um, were obviously the reason why uh, things went so of course. went so well. That's uh, right. I mean, which, you know, here's my steel manning of that. I, I will do to them what, what Camille wants to do with Kanye. Um, I will say that, like, the best of <laughs> what they what would do is name the person, right? Like the worst of what they would do is say yeah. all Republicans are like this. And and Joe Biden did this in mm-hmm. all of his stupid speeches about the ultra MAGA Republicans. But voters yeah. were like, no, actually, Doug Mastriano is way worse about this than Joe Lombardo, for example. So we're definitely not going to vote for that guy. And we definitely are going to vote for that guy. Um, is yeah. Two guineas. I mean, that's the. And the same people were actually like <laughs> the, the post that they were the posts uh, they were putting up were about the loss of the Republic. The Republic is over. Bill Maher, um, that's what he did. If they say it was because of them, by the way, they prove my point. <laughs> they do. If they, if they say, well, it was because we intervened, it was because we were talking about this stuff that saved the Republic. Um, no, 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 you're proving my point. Because if if it was indeed, and it's obviously not true, I and mean, it's you know, not really a falsifiable thing, but it's obviously not true. Mm-hmm. Just my instinct is like, I don't know how that could possibly be true. But if if the edifice of this fascist movement is so permeable that your whinging on Twitter can stop it, I'm right. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're wrong. It's Never true. something to worry about. It's called so, brave, brave reporting. I mean, it's brave. about as important as going to uh, yeah. a war zone, putting yourself at risk there, yeah. standing on the front lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt's got to check on his kids. Yeah. I, yeah. We, we so I think are probably burning I got, a, I got right a, a sleepover yeah. of teenagers that needs to happen behind me. And that's not the kind of thing any of you want to hear about. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, oh we'll be Lord. back soon. And I mean, I know that this has been a hard work for a, a hard week for a lot of you as well. And I just want to say, you know, hang in there, keep the faith and never give yeah. up. Yeah. Um, we don't give up on each other. Don't um, give up. Yeah. <laughs> Who sang you that know. song? Peter Gabriel and what's her face? Kate Bush. Yeah, what's her face? Is that Kate? Is that actually Kate Bush? Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. We should wrap up. I'm going to go listen to Watch the Throne and just, I don't know. Yeah, just just do that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Bye. All right. Bye. We we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan horse.